listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Looking good, looking good. Slight change of plans tonight for those of you who have maybe been following close on social media and on our announcements. We're actually scheduled tonight to have a worship service, but due to some um, unforeseen problems and just some things, we had to move some things around. But it's really good because I'm glad that I have the opportunity to close out the mini-series that we've been having on a Wednesday night talking about Missions May. Every May we like on a Wednesday to talk about missions, talk about the missions that we support, talk about those that we're engaged with, but also to challenge each and every one of us. And tonight I want to begin with a statement. Are you ready? I'm beginning with a statement tonight. And if you're taking notes, you need to take this down. Are you ready? We are never more like God than when we have a heart for other people. Let me say that again. We are never more like God when we have a heart for other people. Why? Because what's God's heart? Missions. People. Others is the heart of God. So when we are touching other people, when we are reaching out to people, we are the closest perhaps we would ever be to being like God because we possess that heart that He has for other people. Because you and I are a part of His mission. Aren't you glad that you are a part of His mission? That He came and died for you? And now you're part of His commission. Amen? You're part of His mission. He came for you, but now you're part of His commission. That he has called you to go into all the world and to reach the gospel. I know it says preach, but a lot of us say, well, Pastor Philip can do that. No, every one of us can reach the gospel. What do I mean? We can touch someone. Come on, reach out right now. Can you touch someone around you? Come on. How many people are around us each and every day? Now, just don't be feeling around on everyone. We'll get in trouble with that. But we can reach people. We can touch people for God. And here's something else I want you to get tonight, because this is our stance when it comes to missions. This is our culture that we are creating here at Heartsease Family Life Church, and that is this. Missions is not what we do, it's who we are. We don't want missions to be something that we do, because that means we're just sending money, we're just sending aid, we're just sending help. And believe me, we do that. But we're more than just sending something We're about saying, ooh, 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 here I am, God, would you send me? Missions is about being the hands and feet of Jesus, reaching and touching other people. Well, I can't afford to go to Nicaragua. You don't have to. Do you realize around you every day is a mission field? Who in here works with people who are are unsaved? 
Come on, they're on their way to Jesus. They're just not there yet. Anyone with me? God strategically... Yet that's a mission field, isn't it? Who lives in a neighborhood with people who are unsaved? Who goes to school, college with people who are unsaved? There's a mission field around us every day. And it's amazing. The world is getting smaller and smaller because the nations have been brought to us. Just look around us. Look around our schools, our colleges, our workplaces. The nations have been brought to us. We have a mission field and a mandate each and every day, not just to do it, but to be what God wants us to be. Every one of us are called to be missionaries. We've got a wrong misconception. Like a a missionary is someone who sells their house, their car, everything, and man, they go off and they're living in poverty, they're poor, they're risking their lives, they're giving everything, they're sick, no one knows where they're at. No, that's not a missionary. There are missionaries like that, and thank God for them. But they're not the only ones God called to evangelize this world. Each and every one of us are called to be a missionary. And how do we do that? Touching one life at a time. I I just really believe this wholeheartedly, that every one of us has the ability to make a difference. That we have an ability. The problem is many of us are making the wrong difference. We're making the wrong difference. Are you with me? Instead of leading people to Christ, people are saying, man, I thought you were a Christian. If that's what Christianity, that's not the difference we're talking about. We want to make a difference that when there's unrest, people will come and say, man, what is it you have? There's a peace, there's a love, there's a compassion, there's a grace, there's hope inside of you. What's going on? Oh, my life can make a difference. And you'll be amazed that you don't have to go knocking on other people's doors anymore. People are going to knock on your door. And when I'm talking about knocking on your door, it's even easier now because they'll start texting you. They'll start instant messaging you. Start asking the questions and coming around you. It's so important that we don't just say, well, come with me to church on Sunday. As important as that is, man, it may be Thursday. There's three more days before Sunday. They're in a desperate need. They're knocking on your door today. So what can you do? You can give them Jesus. Because you and I are called to touch a life. Look at Matthew 25. I love Matthew. Matthew's probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. I absolutely love the Gospel of Matthew. I think it's really, really cool. Love the Bible, but Matthew is really cool. But look what it says in Matthew 25 and verse 40. It says these words, And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did to one, come on, say with me, one. One, 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 one. As much as you did to one of the least of these, my brethren, Jesus said, you have done it to who? You've done it to me. I love how the Message Bible puts it. Listen to how the Message Bible puts it. It says, then the king will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth. I'm glad he always tells us the truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone who is overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. I love that. God's saying, that was me. When you did that, it was to me. That was me. You touched My heart. Do you see that? We're never more like God than when we're touching his heart by touching the heart of someone else. Whatever we do, the Bible says, is received by God. 
I wonder what he's receiving from us. I wonder what he's receiving from our lives. You see, Jesus had just talked to them. He had talked to them in verse 35 and 36. He said to them these words, When I was hungry, you came to me and gave me food. And then he said, When I was thirsty, you came and you gave me a drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was in prison, you you came to visit me. They're kind of scratching their head and they're kind of thinking to themselves like, Jesus, they replied. This is their thought. When, when did we feed you? When did we clothe you? When did we... You weren't in prison, were you? I mean, come on. I mean, when? How were you thirsty? We've always been... There's no... What are you talking about? I can't remember that happening. But you see, that's exactly what happens when we reach beyond us. Many of us can't reach beyond us because we're so full of us. We've got so many problems, we've got so many concerns, we've got so many distractions in our life. We can become so consumed by our own problems. Come on, preach me down tonight. We can become so consumed with what's going on in our world. And I want to tell you right now, Kelly and I have stuff going on in our world too. We're not perfect. We have struggles. We've got six kids. How many knows? That's a struggle. There's struggles with kids. And, and, you know, there's things that go on with us. We have financial needs. We have, I mean, our water pump goes out and our washing machine too this week. And we didn't have it for three weeks. Amen? And you buy a generic pump and it doesn't fit for $37. That's great. But then you have to buy one that costs you $189. Come on, anyone know what I'm talking about? Thank God it's working. Cost just a little bit more. We have struggles and we have problems too. But listen, we cannot allow our struggles and our problems to become our focus because then we will get so inward seeing and then we will get cynical to everyone else and we'll say, what about my needs? Where the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is receive. We've got to get the attention away from us. Oh, God's going to meet our needs. But you know how God many times meets our needs? By us taking a step of faith and touching someone else around. It feels so good to help someone else, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good just to put a smile on someone's face? Doesn't it feel good? It doesn't take much, but it feels so good. And sometimes that good feeling is all we need as a break just to get over ourselves. To get out of our pity party and feeling sorry for ourselves. Because when we get so consumed with us... We're maybe going to try to reach people, but we're not really touching people in the right way. And we're definitely not winning people around us. But then you see there's a contrast in the passage because Jesus said, when you did to the least of me, you did it to me. I was hungry, you fed me. Then Jesus goes flip side. And he says, but hold on a second. There was a time also where I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink. There was a time I was hungry and you said, hey, go and get something for yourself. There was a time when you were naked and you didn't offer any help and clothing. There was a time you were in prison and you said, hey, you probably deserve being there, so you need to stay there and you need to suck it up and you need to catch the reality of the situation. You see the contrast that there was? And look what Jesus says in the contrast of all that. Matthew 25, 45. Then he will answer... Them saying, assuredly, I say to you, and as much as you did not, say with me, not, do to one of the least of these, you did not do it 
to me. That's one verse that's all changed with one word, not. That you did not. That you did too. No, you did not do too. And as a result, I like the message Bible. It says, that was me, remember? And you failed to do it to me. The heart of God is what? Others? The heart of God is missions. The heart of God is having compassion for another person. The heart of God is meeting a need. Tony, right now, no act of kindness, no matter how big and no matter how small. Even if there's a moment in your life where you may turn a blind eye and you may not meet that need. I'm telling you, no matter what you do, big or small, or what you maybe don't do, you're going to have to give an account for that in your life. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 and 10. Look what it says. Therefore, make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be pleasing to Him. Verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Message Bible says it this way, sooner or later we're all going to have to face God. It doesn't matter if you're saved or not, every one of us is going to have to face God, regardless of of our condition. Now, that, that, that's not just talking, I believe, about the fact whether we're saved or not. That's in the condition we need to know the condition of our soul. That's important. That condition you need to know and take care of. But I think it's also talking about regardless of our condition, meaning this, that so many times we can have an excuse to God and we can say, but God, I was sick. God, I was broke. God, I didn't have an education. I wasn't able to speak. I wasn't able to stand up. I was shy. I was unable. Come on, sat with me hello in the house. God is saying, no matter your condition, too many of us are making excuses. Saying, but God, you, not me. You made a mistake, God. I could never be that. But it says, regardless of our condition." We will appear before Christ and take what's coming to us as a result of our actions, either good or bad. So one day when we're standing before Jesus, he's going to be recounting one by one everything that we have done here on this earth, smallest to the greatest. Now, I'm not saying this to condemn anyone. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm not trying to make you feel bad today. I'm just preparing you because one day you're going to have to stand before God. And I don't want people's heads to be hung in shame. Because I hear people say this all the time, man, Pastor, would you pray for me to get another job? Man, I'm in a bunch of heathens. I mean, they are. And I'm like, pray for what? For you to have it comfortable and be with Christians that you can hold hands and sing Kumbaya, Lord, all day long. That you can play Shine, Jesus, Shine. That you can have an offering at lunchtime and that you can just praise God, glory, hallelujah. Maybe God's placed you with a bunch of heathens because you're a light. And the darker the night, the brighter the light shines. Come on, quit cursing the darkness and realize God has called you to be the light, the candle, the illumination in that place. Come on, we're not trying to condemn you. We're just preparing you of the fact that one day you're going to have to give an account for your life. Because it's going to happen. 
Because God says it's going to happen. I'm not saying it. He said it. And when He says it, you better take note because we discovered on Sunday, He says what He means and He means what He says. He's not playing around. He's preparing us though. He's giving us hope because we can get it right now. And again, back to the passage in Matthew 25. As I was reading this today, I found a devotional and the devotional said that someone once made an observation of this passage that it doesn't read like this. I was sick and you healed me. I was in prison and you liberated me. Aren't you glad that that's not what he's asking us to do? Because I can't heal anyone. I can't set anyone free. God is. God's not asking us to do supernatural things. God's not asking us to do impossible things. God's saying every one of you can give someone a glass of water. Every one of you can give someone a Big Mac. Every one of you can give someone a jacket because God knows you've got five of them at home. Living in Louisiana, you probably don't even need them anyway. (laughs) Two days out of the year. It doesn't take much, does it, just to go and visit someone in a nursing home, in a prison, and just to say, you know what? But for the grace of God... I should be in the place where you are. But for God's grace and God's mercy. You see, God's not asking any of us to do the impossible. God's asking us to do things that are fully possible to every one of us. Even to the smallest, kindest deed. We can do that. Never underestimate things with God. Never underestimate the power of a smile when God's in your heart. Come on, I wish I had more amens today. Never underestimate just that kind word that you can give to someone when God's in your heart. Why? Because God will use your natural. He'll put his super to it and then it becomes supernatural. Someone can change a life by just smiling at them. Hey, how are you doing today? You don't know how many times people have been shocked when they look at me because I never meet a stranger. Everywhere I go, I'm like, hey, what's up? What's going on? You know, I'm just talking to everyone. That's just me. That's who I am. And I know that's maybe not you, but you can at least say, hello, how are you doing? Can I I just speak real practical right now? When you're at the register in Walmart, the grocery store or whatever, quit being disrespectful and talking on your cell phone to someone else and ignoring the person who's in front of you. That's total disrespect. You hang up or say, hold on a second. You put that down and you focus on that person. And like I tell my kids, I'm going to tell you. When you talk to someone, have the decency to look them in the face. You say please and thank you. Come on, someone needs to tell us this because manners maketh man. I think we can make a difference by just being kind and saying please, thank you very much. Just looking at people, giving them time, just giving them our respect because you don't know what that person's facing when they get home. You don't know what's going through their heart. You don't know that piece of paper that may be in their pocket of an x-ray with a cancerous tumor inside and the doctors say there's no hope and there's no way that there's a healing. And you're standing there and you're smiling and you're loving on them and you're telling them Jesus loves you. Never waste a moment to tell someone God loves you. I say that a lot. I say to some people, hey, you know Jesus? (laughs) A lot of times they say yes. And most of the time you can know the people who know Jesus. Anyone know what I'm talking about? They're so full of joy and they're so happy. They're greeting you with a smile. You're like, praise Jesus. 
Someone may say to you, have a nice day. And I turn to him and say, every day is a great day with Jesus. You can use, never underestimate the power of a smile, a word, just a kind gesture. Because what have we just read? Even the smallest, simplest deed is a deed that serves Jesus. That touches his heart. We serve Christ. Not by coming to church. We don't serve Christ by paying our time. We don't serve Christ by signing up to be a part of the church and welcoming people at the doors. Yes, we do. That's part of it. But really, we serve Christ by being his witness. By touching other people. By reaching those who are unlovable. Oh, it's easy to put your arms around someone who smells real good. It's not so easy when they don't smell so good. It's easy to say, hey, just clean up and come back. I'm glad someone didn't say that to you because if they did, you probably wouldn't be sitting here today. We've got to be his hands and feet. And you don't have to go far to find them today. Have you ever noticed that people find you? And unfortunately for most of us, we'd like to say, yeah, they always find me at the wrong time. Well, you know what? You need to start making it the right time. Get over yourself and your own situations and start realizing, God, I want to be your hands and feet. And when you say, I want to be your hands and feet and I'm your missionary, that's not a nine to five job. That's a 24-7. That's a 365. That's 366 every four years on the leap year. Is that right? You're you're gained in. We're not off Christmas and New Year's. Come on. Not off Thanksgiving. Day off. We're missionaries of God. And again, missions are not just overseas. Missions is not third world countries where people's stomachs are swollen because of malnutrition and they're desperate and there's flies everywhere and there's disease and and famine. and, And that's not just missions. Missions is the person in the cubicle beside you at work. Missions is the person at Walmart at the register. Missions is the person who's waiting your table. And saying, can I help you? My God, can you help me? I'm here to help you. Come on. Missions is your neighbor in your neighborhood. Missions is your teammates. Your classmates. For most of us, maybe not teammates, but the parents who are sitting beside us in the bleachers watching their kids and our kids together. That's missions. Missions is those people who have brought the dread upon themselves. You know those people. We could point the finger and say, serves you right. That's missions. And missions is the people who are inheriting someone else's pain and trouble. That's missions. Missions are the people who are rich. Missions are the people who are poor. Missions are the people who are young. Missions are the people who are old. Missions is the hurting people that are around us each and every day. My uncle sang a song many years ago. It's on a CD and every time I hear the song I just weep. I really do. I weep and cry. And the words of the song say something like this. Give me a heart. For others, a longing to bring souls to you. Give me the privilege to tell them of your love of Calvary's tree into the highways and byways 
I'll be what you want me to be. Give me a heart for others. A longing that others may go free. Come on, that's got to be our cry. Come on, I'm not condemning you. I'm not talking. I'm just sharing my heart today because there's missions around us every day. Look around us. There's empty chairs. Why? Because that hurting person in the cubicle is still hurting because we haven't reached out to them. We pass by the neighbor in our street instead of bringing them to church. There's hurting people all around us. And here's the warning. Are you ready? Here's a warning. Proverbs 21 verse 3 says this. Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will also cry himself and not be heard. You may be in a good position right now and everything's good. All the bills are paid. But there could be a moment where you could lose your job, God forbid. And then you're the one that's making the cry. And the Bible says if you're not going to meet the cry of someone else, if you're not going to meet a need of someone else, you're going to cry yourself and you're going to cry to no avail. Why? Because you're going to reap what you've sowed. Come on, help me out. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. You may say, well, I've never been in a place of help. Keep living. God forbid, but keep living. Keep living. But whether you've been in a place of help or not, we shouldn't even have to worry about the last part because we know there's people who need help. And as long as we're reaching out to them, we don't have to worry about the end. I I don't worry about the end. I don't worry about revelation. I don't worry about dying. Why? Because if I'm living right today, all that's taken care of. I don't have to worry about the end of that verse if I'm living in the beginning of that verse. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to worry about the devil coming against me and attacking me because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. i just got to keep my life in position. And I don't worry about that because if I keep myself facing forward, God's got my back. You know what I'm saying? So, so many times we concern ourselves and we get worried about that verse. Don't worry about that verse unless if you're worried about that verse, then you better change some things. But if not, you can throw your hands in the air and say, praise God, I want to reach other people. I want to reach other people. Because then I won't be crying in need because you know what? God's going to meet my needs as I meet other people. That's his word. That's his promise. That's his truth. You know what our prayer needs to be every day? Jesus, would you give me a compassion for other people? God, I'm never more like you when I'm reaching people, but God, would you help me to be like you? Would you give me that compassion? So many times in the scriptures, Jesus saw a need, and what did the Bible say? He was moved with compassion. What does that mean? He, He probably sat down and just looked and just wept. But he didn't just sit there and weep. He was moved with the compassion. But he realized that he could provide and help and meet the need. And he never left someone the same way he came. Look at it. Jesus never left someone in the same condition they came. Some left mad, unfortunately. Some left glad many times. Because that's how you're going to leave him. You're going to either leave him happy, sad or mad. He never left someone the same way. Because he gave them the opportunity. The choice is still theirs, but he gave them the opportunity. Have a compassion. It's easy to judge other people. Come on, let's just be honest. We're in church. Good place to be honest. 
It's easy to judge other people when we're driving in a car and we're seeing someone will work for food. You want to say, yeah, right. If you wanted to work, you'd be working. Come on, who else thinks that? Just out here, probably got your Cadillac parked around the corner. Come on, man. Looking at me all holy. You know what you're thinking. I don't care what you're thinking. You ain't winding down your window the last time I checked and giving them something anyway. So you're thinking something. I want to tell you something. It's easy to judge someone. But until you've walked in someone else's shoes, until you've walked in someone else's shoes, you'll never really know that story. Because we project ourselves on other people. Well, if I was in their position, I would never do that. It's easy to say that because we've probably never been in their position. I remember I used to think I was big and bad. I, I thought that if someone was holding up somewhere and they had a gun pointed that I would be the one that would burst in and not take the gun off them but talk them down and I'd be this big shot and I was like, come on, you know, it's okay, put the gun down. I remember once I was in a drive through at McDonald's and it was be held up and the first thing I know I'm pulling away and I'm looking from a distance and I'm feeling really bad because all of a sudden I'm thinking I'm big and bad but then I'm looking at that gun and thinking, man, they just have to turn a bam. I don't have a chance to say a word because I'm on my cell phone in the drive-thru. They could be looking and thinking I'm calling the police. Man, I'm out of here. I waited till they left and I ran in. I did a good deed and I helped the people up. It's amazing though, you can think so often of what you are and what you would be, but when the circumstances present themselves, sometimes you have to hang your head in shame and say, man, I'm not what I thought I was. I'm not everything. It's easy, isn't it, to judge someone else? And I will say this, be careful that you don't judge someone until you've corrected someone. Because maybe they don't know right from wrong. Maybe they weren't brought up like you. So be careful you don't pass judgment till you give compassion and help. And then if someone, after you've shown them the right thing to do, and they're still not doing it, it's not then that you judge them and write them off, but now you have more of a right to come to a conclusion instead of one without even knowing what's going on. Yes, there's fakes out there. We've been scammed here at the church. We have people, not daily, but weekly, knocking on our door, begging for money. Cars out of gas. Kids are sick at home, have no bills, or have plenty of bills, no money. Just so there's, there's fakes. We've been scammed. We've been taken. We've had people who have forged checks. We've signed a check from the church and gave it to someone, and they added some other numbers and stuff and changed it from a hundred to a thousand. Don't know how they did it, but they did it. We've had all of that, had to cancel our bank account because they've been hacked by others. We've been there and we've done that, but you know what? We're still helping people. Why? Because we've learned lessons and we've realized what we need to do and how we do things differently now. We've learned, but you know what? We've also determined that we're not going to get it into our heart because one of the worst things that we can become is a cynic. And we can become cynical because we've been wounded and hurt and disillusioned. So therefore we'll just shut everyone off. We've got to be so careful with that. Pete will tell you when I do a review with my staff every year, one of the things I challenge them every year is this. Do not get cynical. Because the job that we're in, you can become cynical many times. Because you give your all to people and... You open up your life just to be really wounded deeply many times by people. But we cannot become cynical. We cannot. We cannot. We cannot. Anyone ever had a bad meal? 
Anyone? Come on, let me see your hand. Everyone never stopped you from eating, did it? Didn't stop you from eating. I can see some of you. Didn't stop you from eating. You know what it did, though? It made you just a little bit more cautious. Made you a little bit more aware. But it didn't stop and close your mouth. Just because you've been burnt once, don't close your hand. Because remember this, a closed hand cannot receive, but an open hand is in a position to receive. Pastor Tommy Barnett, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, an incredible pastor out of Phoenix, Arizona. His son, Matthew Barnett, has the Dream Center in L.A. Some of you may have heard of that. Incredible, incredible people. Tommy Barnett's a man in his 70s, maybe even in his 80s now. And probably five years ago, I heard him preach. And he said these words that have struck my heart, and I've never forgot them. And I've thought, man, that's how I want to live. He said these words. He says, I believe with my whole heart that I've been sent to this earth to touch one person. Now, this is a man who has seen countless hundreds and thousands of people over the course of his ministry come to Christ. Every service in Phoenix, Arizona, they've got 30-plus buses that go out and pick up the homeless, the destitutes, the crippled, the down and outs, and bring them to church. I mean, a phenomenal, phenomenal ministry. And he says these words, I believe I was sent here to touch one person. And he says, I don't know if I've touched that one yet. So I'm going to continue touching every one that I can. And then he said, maybe tonight, in this service, you're that one. Your life has been sent to touch one. It's a story of a young man that was walking along the shoreline of a beach one day and the tide had gone out. And as he was walking along the shoreline of the beach, he looked and he saw a man who was just frantically running here, there, and throwing something into the ocean. And he was intrigued by this and drawn by this. And he went and he was like, what are you doing? And as he looked, he saw that the sand was just littered with starfish. The waves had come in and they'd got stranded as the tides had gone out. And he watched as this man was just picking them up frantically and just throwing them, throwing them. And the young man went to him and said, Sir, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to save them. He says, you know, you're wasting your time. There is no way you'll be able to save all of those. The man reaching down, picking up one, says, I may not be able to save them all, but I can save that one can save that one. God hasn't called us to save the world. But God has called us to save someone. God has called us to be an example to one. Who's your one? Who is it that you need to reach from your world? Because each one of us are called to reach from our world. I just want to talk, if I could, just for a couple of minutes as a pastor, about our reach. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, our reach. What are we reaching? What are we touching? What is our commitments that we're making when it comes to missions? I just want you to know that each month, in, in fact, each year we make a commitment to ministries for a year. But each month we support three levels or areas of ministry. We support globally, locally, and family. 
Can I explain that quickly to you? Globally. You saw two weeks ago, Leo and Charity, New Hope Missions from Nicaragua. That's one of the global missions that we support. We're one of their biggest supporters each month, feeding thousands of children. And I've been there, Rob's been there, Rita, Rena, other ones. We've just all been there. Keisha Carey. We've been there. We've been a part of it. We've seen it. We've held those kids. We've served the food. We've seen them running like ants out. We've been a part of that. And it brings you to tears to think that just a couple of bucks that I can put in an offering each month can go so much further in those countries. Globally, we support ARC. ARC is an association of related churches. It's a church planting organization, not now just in America, but throughout this entire world. Each month we support them. What are we doing? We're planting life-giving churches throughout the nation of America. Over 550 churches have been planted. They're planting them every weekend. Why? Because we're given a support to help. So we're touching people that we don't even know in Nicaragua, in America, all over. Because our dollars, what we send in missions, is helping touching other lives. We're looking now in the next month or two months to start supporting Israel. This is something that's really been on my heart. We're looking right now, my friend John Norman in England is going to, he's actually going to Israel in a couple of weeks and he's going to be scouting out some things for us and finding some places where we can be really effective because what we're going to start doing is we're going to start giving 1% of everything that comes into this church, we're going to send it to Israel. You may say, well, why is that important? How are we touching people? I'm telling you why it's important. Because read the promise that God gave Abram in Genesis chapter 12. Look what it says in 12 verse 3. He says these words. He says, I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. I will bless those who bless Israel. I will curse those who turn them out. And families will be blessed through them. We're excited about that. We make a commitment to that each and every month. It doesn't waver. It doesn't wane. That's a commitment that we have made. That's globally. We support also locally. We support three ministries locally. We support Door of Hope. You heard Kristen speak last week and give the stats of what they're doing. They're in good hands with Kristen. I had the privilege to be able to go into speaking to their leadership this morning. I go once a month and speak into their lives. They are good people who are touching many, many young ladies with the gospel. We support Southeast Ministries. It's a local food bank ran by the most incredible people that you will ever meet. And they are literally feeding hundreds of families per month. They do that. Why? Because of our support. Because of our reach. We support another ministry called Family Values Resource Institute, otherwise known as the Women's Help Center. This is a center where young ladies come thinking it's an abortion clinic, but they don't get an abortion. They get the gospel. They get an ultrasound. They get a picture of that child. They get help, their hands through it. They get help. They get chairs and diapers and, and everything that they need for their children. They get their GED. There's the support all around. And we don't just support globally. We support locally. And really, we support another ministry pretty much every other month. We support a lot the Baton Rouge Food Bank. There's always needs there. And we just help them to feed families. This summer, Pete wrote a check. Or he's writing a check this week again just to help 
meet some needs over the summer as kids are off school and the needs are greater around us. But not only do we support globally and locally, we support family. What do we mean by that? People in this church. I'm not talking about my family or anyone on staff's family. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about we as a family. The needs all around us. We give in benevolence. We help meet needs. We've bought uniforms for kids and adults to go to work. We've given food. We've helped with food, gift cards. We've given diapers. We've paid bills. And let me tell you something about the bills that we pay. Can I? We're very good stewards with what we pay because we don't pay cell phone bills. We don't pay, we don't pay TV bills. We don't pay the things that people can do with acts. But we help people with their utilities. We help people with their rent. We help people with their water. Things that are important. We give to outreach. And we bless other people. Can I just tell you right now, I've got some statistics here. In 2015, as a church, we gave over $55,000 to missions. Over $55,000. Come on, let's give God a shout in the house. $55,000 to missions. $25,500 was global missions, missions and local missions. Over nearly $12,000 was benevolence. And then about another 12,500 was just outreach and feeding people and taking care of people and giving people food before church and just helping them and just giving them what they need. I'm so proud of our church. I'm so proud of the fact that already to year to date, right now, that we have already given just shy of $25,000 to missions. We're on course to break what we did last year. And with the help of God, I want to see our giving double every year that we can reach further and further and further. We love that we can touch other people. And why can we do that? Because of the giving of our church. You see, you never know how far our reach stretches. But as you give, your seed can produce a great harvest. I'm telling you, each week you need to be asking God, what can I give? What can I do? Because here's what I'd love to see you do. Above and beyond your tithes and offerings every month, I would love you to say, can I give an, a, an outreach, a missions offering? Write it on the envelope, missions. Something above and beneath. Because remember, we're never more like the heart of God when we're reaching and touching other people. But remember this, missions isn't just what we do. Thank God for the checks and the money. Missions is who we are. So it's not just our giving, it's our lives. It's our service, it's our reach, and it's touching other people. So as I close tonight, I know I've ran over, but as I close tonight, here's my question to you. Who's your one? Who's that one? I challenge you, write that one down. Put it in your car, put it somewhere. Every day pray for them. Go on a mission. Who's the worst person at your work that needs Jesus? Better not be you. Who is it? Go after them. Go after them. And listen to me. I didn't purposely end the message talking about what we've given and encourage you. I'm just showing you how proud we are of the church that we have. But you know what? Our reach can be a lot further if we'll just be obedient to give. Because I'm telling you, if everyone paid their tithes, there would be so much money available to touch so many people and do everything that we need to do. 
for the cause of Christ. Come on, everyone can touch one. Who's your one? Would you stand to your feet all over this place? Come on, don't you love missions? Don't you love God? Who wants to be like the heart of God? Amen. Amen. Come on, reach, touch, be. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray tonight that you would give us a heart for other people. God, we, want, we pray that's not just a prayer with no follow-up. God, we want that to be an action. That God, you would give us a heart for others that we would burn with compassion. That we would be moved with compassion. God, I pray that for some of us we would lay in bed at night and just weep and cry. Because we would think of our family that are lost and are going to hell. We'd think about that friend at work that's just had an abortion, that friend at work that's just been told they have cancer. And you begin to imagine, I couldn't even imagine being given that news, let alone given that news and not having God. God, give us a compassion for people that will stand up and will speak out. Not that we're going to be rude and obnoxious, but we won't be quiet any longer, but we'll tell them the hope of the world. It's Jesus. He's my hope and he can be your hope. Because God, you could have chosen any means possible to evangelize this world. But God, you chose you and I. He chose us. He chose you and I. And you know why he chose us? Because we are created in his image and his likeness. Because when people see us, they need to see Jesus. They need to see him. God help us. Give us a compassion and a love. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed today, I wonder if there's someone that doesn't know Jesus. Maybe you're the one tonight that God called me to preach for. Maybe you're the one, or maybe there's going to be another one another day. But you're just as important today. Because if your life is not right, you need to make it right. Is there anyone? Anyone? Precious Jesus. Just look at me right now. How many feel a tug on your heart tonight? Just a challenge. Come on, who knows someone? Look at every hand that's up. Everyone knows someone who needs Jesus. You realize this, how quickly church can grow? Because if everyone brings one person, we double in size overnight. That's pretty easy, isn't it? I mean, when you think about it, everyone just does their one. It doubles in size. Come on, every one of us can do your part. Everyone can do your part. Hey, we're having a family day on Sunday. Why don't you come? Bring your shorts, t-shirts, hang out. We're going to have a good time. I'll buy you lunch afterwards. Hey, you like cars? We've got some cool cars. You like inflatables? We've got inflatable snow cones. What? Yes. What a great opportunity. You see, we put events on like this because some people won't come to church, but they'll come to Akasha. We're not watering down the gospel. It's the same message. We're just using a different method. Just got a different bait on the hook, but the hook's the same. It's still Jesus. Amen. Amen. So come on, each one, reach one. Do your part. Have you ever heard a light bulb talk? Anyone ever heard a light bulb talk? But what does it do? It shines. You shouldn't have to tell people you're a Christian. It should shine out. You don't see an orange tree with a sign that says, Hi, I'm an orange tree. 
You know it's an orange tree. Why? By the fruit. Come on. You, you, don't, you need to be shining. You need to quit shining and stop whining. Huh? Be what God wants you to be. Come on, high five someone around and say, you better find that one. You better find that one. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.